This is Carol Maloney. Yo, what's good, folks? This is Trey Johnson, the headbanger, yo. And you're listening to Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. Word. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mess Hall. It's your boy Tailgate Ted, joined as always by my man Rally Captain. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Rally Captain. And as you can see today, I've got on the Rally Captain hat, which means that I am pumped because tomorrow is the first day of training camp. Let's get it. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. And we had to play the uh, fun intro. No offense to John Common Doc, but a uh, little announcement. We were able to actually get some passes for training camp. So we're all excited. Rally and I yeah. can't wait to get out there. It's going to be a good time, man. It's going to be a good time. Oh, you know what? I can't wait. And you know what? I I, actually, I honestly wish that uh, actually after this, I'm going to have to do a live. I'm going to I'm going to have to do a live because I still have had people contacting me saying, hey, man, I'll see you tomorrow. And I'm like, did you get a ticket? And they're saying, what ticket? So there's still people who are going to show up to Ashburn tomorrow blind and are going to get turned away. And I hate that. So after this, I'm going to do a live so that to let everybody know that it's just not open to the public. I know there's going to be a lot of people out there. And actually, when it reminds me, when we had the COVID games in 2020, I actually had a sergeant for PG County send me a text saying, please do not show up here for that game because we don't want to arrest you. We are not allowing fans to hang out here. We know that you're a diehard fan and it's going to kill you to watch from home, but we don't want to have to put you in cuffs. So I'm not saying they're going to do that when you go out to Ashburn, but do yourself a favor. Don't drive all the way out there, miss work, and then be that story of the fan that couldn't get in the drinking. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> no, definitely not. But thank you to everyone that subscribed, reviewed, liked the podcast. Still getting a ton of those. Everyone's hitting that. Actually, I got a couple of people that said they listened to it and they also watched it on YouTube. So doing double duty. Thank you for all that. If awesome. you're out there and you're watching this or you're listening and you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? Come on, just hit that button. It's on the screen that you're looking at right now. Just, just click it. Make us happy. Help us out, man. But it goes a long way. Oh, it really does. It really does. But we had a rundown again, and I feel like the team keeps doing this to us. Send something out for those, you know, a little behind the scenes inside baseball. I'll send a uh, text or an email to rally. Hey, this is what I think we should hit up. Kind of go back and forth on topics. Well, the team decided to uh, throw a little wrench in that. And they unveiled the new options for our fight song. For those that haven't heard it, we're going to play it. But I wanted to go over those options and get your feedback. Have you actually listened to them yet? I have. And, um, oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Jason Wright said a mouthful when we talked to him uh, basically a month and a half ago when he said he understands that people are still going to sing the old fight song. And I got to tell you, brother, just like it's in, like anything else, it's going to have to grow on me. But right now, it's not growing on me. And that's just being honest. Nothing against the people who tried to put it together and, and for, forgive me for forgetting their names, 
of the the people who made the song, the 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 family that made the song. But right now, it's just not growing on me. And don't be surprised if you still continue to hear the old fight song. Let's just keep it one hundred. Oh, they're definitely going to hear the old fight song, especially when you keep the melody the same. And the family that's behind it is the Breskin family. So Breskin, the team put out a statement that said the original team fight song was composed by DMV native Barney Breskin. So I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. The press release read in collaboration with the Breskin family, including Barney's son, David, and granddaughter Maria Breskin McLean, we are revamping the fight song arrangement for a fresh composition that still maintains a recognizable melody you know and love. So I'm not a fan of using the old song. I wasn't a fan of using HTTC instead of Take Command or HTTR. It feels half-assed to me. It feels like they wanted to rebrand but they decided not to do it 100% of the way. So let's just do part of it and then just kind of mail the rest of it in. So that's what I got an issue with. I would have been better off maybe, I don't know, man. We'll see. When we did our, our interview, I'm not sure if you did an interview with Jason, and he asked, and I said, if you're going to change things up, start from scratch. Stop trying to implement some of this or interfuse, if you will, the old and the new start from scratch and, and a lot of people aren't going to be happy with it, but you're just causing yourself more drama because who's going to sing the new song, especially when no one really wanted to change from the old Redskins song, the, the original, they just don't want to change from it. And now you've made it to where it's actually going to be easier for me to sing HTTR again. Although I'm trying and don't kick me in the nose, but you got you, you guys have made this harder for the people who realistically maybe wanted to change. Muscle memory is going to say hell to the Redskins. It just is. Oh, amen. And for those that haven't been at FedEx since our name has changed, the team would actually play a kind of go-go song in the background to drown out the fans that were singing the old song. You could still hear it if you were in the stands, if you were in the section, but it drowned it out for those on TV. And a lot of fans don't know the original lyrics to our old fight song. So this will be the third time that the song has changed. So the original lyrics for those that don't know were, hail to the Redskins, hail victory, braves on the warpath, Fight for old Dixie. So that obviously isn't what we sing anymore. The other piece was scalp them, swamp them. We will take them big score. Read them, weep them, touchdown. We want heat more. So obviously that's not okay. Even in today's world or even, you know, 20 years ago, it's not a politically <laughs> correct song. So it was changed. Because I ain't doing crap for Dixie. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm right up there with you, man. <laughs> I, I've got family that lives in Mississippi, and they just removed the Confederate flag off their state flag maybe two years ago. I haven't visited that state because of that. And if people are listening from there, I'm sorry, not trying to offend you. I don't feel yeah. safe in your state. You know, plain and simple. So mm. this isn't the first time we're changing the words of the song. They're yeah. updating it. And I get why we had to get rid of Old Dixie and scalp them and swamp them. That's just not okay. 
No. But for those that haven't heard the new lyrics, there are two versions. So option one of the fight song, I'm going to play it for those right here. Oh, man, sing it, man. Let me hear you Hail sing it. Hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Fight for our commanders. Fight for old DC. Runner, pass or score, we want a lot more. Beat them, swap them, touchdown, let the points soar. Fight on, fight on, till you have won all of Washington. Rah, rah, rah. Hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Fight for our commanders. Fight for all DC. I'm not a fan of it. But then again, that's also muscle memory, like you were saying earlier. But why change Sons of Washington to all of Washington? Or why not include the DMV in there versus Washington? Because you have fans that span just D.C. Why not include the D.C. Metro Virginia area for our Spain listener that doesn't know what DMV stands for? Did 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 it's gonna be rough man and 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 i gotta tell you it sounds forced it's it being a three-syllable word it just sounds forced it, it really does hail to the commanders i mean i know we're, we're the commanders but it just i'm i'm it's growing on me how about that i'm, I'm help me you know i need a hug <laughs> we are the commanders. I mean, I've, I've stopped calling us the Redskins and in TV interviews and different things yeah. I do. I've gotten used to it now. And they're always going to be the Redskins to me, but I, I get it. And we've gone over this part. plenty of times. Yep. You know, things have changed and we're moving along with the times. But I feel that just giving fans the option to even sing the old lyrics and they know what's going to happen you're never going to get people to catch on to these new ones because the new fans, the young fan base, which you're not allowing to go to camp because of a lottery system, you know, they're not really going to jump and get on board because their parents or elders that are going to games with them are going to sing the old words. So why even put that up there? It's just, it's frustrating. I get keeping Burgundy and gold, but now after all this has happened, I'm not going to lie. If we would have changed our colors to red, white, and blue, to match the Capitals and the Wizards and something different, just change it all. Don't mm. don't give me a hint of the past, but don't let me honor it anyway. It, it's mm. frustrating. Mm. Mm. I don't know, Ted. I don't know if I would have been down with the red, white, and blue, but I, but I feel you though. I feel you, but I don't know if I would have been down with that because I got too much burgundy and gold in my house already. I just I just do so. To do a change to go red, white, and blue. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm feeling the caps. I'm feeling the wizards. You know, I, I really am. But in uh, the nationals, but mm, the football team, that's what the defenders are for. How about that? Make the defenders red, white, and blue. Since I'm they hoping actually, they're still going to be called the defenders. Since, since they actually play in D.C. Yeah. No, I'm hoping they're still going to be called the defenders. I just... It just feels lazy to me, man. You know, you have famous fans that are music artists. Get Wale to come up with something. 
get him to have a song with some DC flair to it, maybe a go-go beat underneath that people from this area will know. Don't half-ass the old song and change six words and think we're going to be okay with it. And yes, we're talking about a fight song, but this is going to be our team's identity after Carson goes, you know, 30 and seven this year. You know, this is what we need to do. <laughs> I was going to say that they need to score a lot of touchdowns to get this ingrained in people or, or even, even uh, start giving away stuff. If you can sing it, start giving stuff away so that people can get it ingrained in their mind because right now it's like I am, um, my fingernails are on chalk. That's what it seems like right now. <laughs> Well, if you're ready for option two, this Let's was actually it. Ron Rivera's favorite one that uh, J.P. Finley asked him if he wanted to hear the version during the press conference just a little bit ago. But uh, here we go. Here's option two. Hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Leaders on a mission. Fight for all D.C. Runner, passer, score. We want a lot more. Beat them, swamp them, touch and let the points soar. Fight on, fight on, till you have won all of Washington. Rah, 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 hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Leaders on a mission. Fight for all DC. So, leaders on a mission is tough for me it makes more sense than fight for our commanders because yeah. I don't think they want fans fighting in the stands. That's kind of what I think when I hear fight for our commanders, but Rivera likes leaders on a mission. To me, it's just tough to sing after a touchdown. And for those that don't remember, it used to be Braves on the warpath. So that's what fight for our commanders is replacing. That's what leaders on a mission is replacing is Braves on the warpath. <laughs> Why give me two options? And why not have background music? Why not have the old melody playing when you've got this barbershop acapella group singing here on this sample page that we get to vote on? Well, I got to tell you, uh, if I had my druthers, I would go with option two. I, I think that it just flows better. If, if I had to say that, I think it flows better. Uh, may not make as much sense, but when you come down to a fight song, I mean, you want the flow, and I think that this flows better. And I agree with you; they should have all these different singers that we have. We we have what uh, Wale, we have um, what's this? She's a ah, gosh, uh, is it Maya? I think is her name. I mean, we've got we've got plenty of singers in this area. Stacey Lattisaw. I mean, come on, we got plenty of singers that can up with something even mellow t shout out to mellow t he could have come up with something that's it feels like an afterthought it feels lazy to not have some percussion some music playing behind it why do we have mtv unplugged going on here we're just these guys singing why not give us the whole experience and then we get to vote, but voting only goes from today for timestamp people. It's Tuesday, July 26th, when this was announced, to August 6th. So for something as iconic as our fight song that's going to be around for so long, 
And this sounds like we're complaining, and yes, we are. But why are we only having such a short runway to pull your fan base on what they want our fight song to be, which is hopefully what it's going to be for the next hundred years until the term commanders is not politically correct. The, the, the biggest thing that I feel is, so what beat are they going to play behind this? Because if you remember, uh, Hell to the Redskins had kind of a, 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 a Native American beat. Dun, 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 type of beat. So what type of beat are you going to have behind this? That's what I want to hear to make this mesh, if you will. Because if you put that same dun, 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 you're doing yourself a disservice. You just are. I'd, I'd rather not have anything at all, even though I know it's important, but, but don't rush it. Don't rush it. And this feels rushed. But the thing is, it's not even don't rush it. We haven't been the Redskins for a couple of years now. We are the commanders now. It got announced February 2nd. You know, 2-2-22, such a big deal to announce it on that date because it meant something to nobody, in my opinion. But, you know, they've known that we've been the commanders for so long. It just feels that this is something that they realized they needed to do along the way. And they lazily did it and said, oh, we were supposed to have that fight song. Uh, yeah, we got to get that out. Let's just do it now. Whereas, you know, like you were saying, this is a go-go version. This is the old marching band playing in FedEx Field after a win. Those of you that have been to FedEx know that the marching band does a drum line after we win. To do this and have this as a backing track to that barbershop quartet would have been phenomenal to me, man. This gives me goosebumps, not whatever the hell that is we get to vote on. Well, you know, you know Doug Williams, he said a mouthful. Play, play what Doug Williams said. We are what? If you, if you can find that clip, and I'm gonna we follow up behind. We are the commanders. We are the Now everybody got mad at me for that, but I gotta tell you that works with me better than <laughs> what we just heard. I'd rather bite off of all state and say we are commanders. Bum 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 bum. Hey, we've got enough lawsuits. I don't know if we need Allstate <laughs> coming after us too. And they might need them to be a sponsor. So for naming rights on whatever. So who knows if they want to piss them off. But we are commanders. <laughs> I need to cut up uh, whoever that is. Craig Melvin in the background laughing after Doug said that. Like, ha ha. You know, it's just, it's just another thing that I know they mean well. And they yes. are trying. And I'm not trying to pile on because that's all social media is. It's just frustrating that if they would have put forth a little more effort into this announcement, a little more effort into the name announcement on 2222, just all of this, it would feel better as a fan. Not that an intern is planning this and they're just shooting from the hip, which is what I'm getting is they're just shooting from the hip and they're not actually organizing any of this. And I'm trying to give them a little more credit, but I don't feel that they're earning that credit. Well, I guess we got to crawl before we walk. And right now we are on all fours, bro. We definitely are, man. And, you know, it, it just feels like I'm sitting here hanging out. 
that's what this vote is. And I'm probably going to choose option two. I got until the sixth to make up my mind. I just hope that, like the whole Trent Williams fiasco, when the team came out with the players that we could vote in, they take some other fan, I guess, suggestions out of this and give us another option. Because there have been some good ones on social media oh, since yeah. they gave us the other two. And yeah, definitely. definitely, you're going to have us help pick a mascot. Why not help with the lyrics of the song? Is it because you're worried that that person's not going to sell you the rights to the lyrics or what? Because a five-year-old could have come up with better lyrics than whatever the hell, what, what fight for our commanders. Give me a break. Well, so the family isn't getting paid off of this. I'm assuming the family is getting something out of this. Yeah. Because they own the rights to the song. Yeah. So they got to get something now. Do they get something after every touchdown? <laughs> or, <laughs> or is it just one flat fee? Because I, I need to know. Because we are commanders. No, there's no way it's like Spotify and they get played every time we score a touchdown. <laughs> I used to uh I used to have access to a seat cushion. It was a burgundy and gold seat cushion. And there was a bladder inside it where I would fit, it was maybe about a fifth of rum inside that thing. And bring it in the stadium. And every time we scored a touchdown, you know, we would take shots and pour okay. it into a cup. Okay. Well, we weren't scoring touchdowns. Those of you that remember the old Papa John's, whenever we scored a touchdown, we got a dollar off our pizza. And I think Papa John's was a free, a free topping? topping, or I thought it was like a free, okay. A free topping. So we stopped scoring touchdowns. And I think Papa John's actually rigged it with referees because they didn't want to give toppings away anymore. So because we weren't scoring touchdowns, we weren't taking shots. We just said, okay, if we get a field goal or make it to the red zone, we're going to take a shot. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it turned into. And I feel that that's kind of what things are turning into now for us. Cause uh, if they got paid royalties per touchdown, they might not make a ton of cash, but if, you know, like the uh, Buccaneers, if they get in the red zone, they fire off that cannon. Maybe it's oh, the yeah. same thing for us. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of actual football, the team yes. has training camp tomorrow. Yes. But players had to report today. So today was conditioning drills. Today was who's in shape. Today was who's not Leonard Fournette showing up a couple hundred pounds overweight. You know, what are we going to do type of thing? Albert Hainsworth type stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Man, I forgot about that guy. That's That was frustrating. I never could. I never can. I'm glad I never bought a jersey. Uh, no. <laughs> Did you get a Hainsworth jersey? Uh, uh, bro, my name is Rally Captain. And if I was to turn around right now, you would see Rally Captain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Making sure. Hey, I got a uh, Darius Geist jersey. I didn't pay for The team gave it to me, but I still have one. So, but... Yeah. For those that don't know, the PUP list, physically enabled perform list, the difference is with these lists. The PUP list is for players who are carrying football-related injuries entering training camp. Any player that's on this list is allowed to participate in meetings and use the team facilities, but they can't practice. Mm -hmm. They count against the 90-man roster during preseason, but not the 53-man during regular season. So we have four players that are starting camp on the pup list. One being Chase Young, 
Yeah. Obviously, you know, he had his knee injury in November of last year. Logan Thomas, who also had an ACL in December against the Raiders. There's two. Chase Rouye, who some might have forgot, actually broke his leg, our starting center. Then Tyler Larson, our second string backup center, came in and tore his Achilles. So those are four players that are actually going to start camp on the pup list. And we have a active non-injury football list, which is similar to pup, but it means it's a non-football injury, non-football injury list. Cornelius Lucas, offensive tackle, is going to be on that list. And apparently he has an illness. So not sure what it is. Don't know. Don't want to speculate. It's just a non-football injury. So Mm -hmm. this way they can come off that list anytime and not count against anything. A lot of people don't know the difference. Now, if a player is still on the pup list to begin the regular season, they become ineligible to practice or play in games for at least the first four weeks. So during Rivera's press conference, he actually said there's no timeline for Chase's injury. They don't want to rush him or any of the injured players. He thinks Chase may have the best chance. Sorry, Chase Rouye may have the best chance to come off of the list first. Correct. Then Logan Thomas, and then down the road a little bit, Chase Young. So for those that are freaking out, they don't think Chase is going to be ready right away. And if you've listened to our podcast, my buddy Alejandro, shout out to him, actually binged all eight episodes this weekend. So those that haven't heard, we don't want Chase to come back unless he's 110% ready to go. Hell no. Hell no. That's right. So perfectly fine with that. I don't care, but I do care that he is back in time for the regular season. Because if a player is on pop and the regular season happens, then they're going to miss the first three weeks of games. And word around town is they think Chase is going to be ready in October. The NFL has so many lists. And a lot of this came out because of COVID, where you could only put so many players on IR, take so many players off. They now have a IR return designation list, which basically means players are going on IR but they have a 21-day window to be activated to come off of IR. And if they are not able to come off in that 21-day window, then they're done for the season, which we don't want to happen to anybody, obviously. So it's a juggling game that they have to play, but their final 53-man roster has to be made by August 30th. And it's only June 26th, so we got some time. We got time. Yeah, we've got time. I I think that as far as Chase is concerned, people are kind of also not thinking about or maybe not remembering that they said that his injury was actually a little worse than just the average ACL. I mean, they had to go into his other leg and get some 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 cartilage or whatever they had to do to get out of it to, to tra- transfer over to the, the bad leg. So um, Andrews was saying that this was just not a regular procedure where he could just go in and do what he had to do he he, like I said he had to go in from his good leg take something out of that and put into the bad leg so um, but even still from what I'm hearing as far as where he is he's looking pretty good not obviously not good enough to to where we want him to be which I don't want him to be but he's looking better than they expected so that's to keep you your you know your, your eyes on the horizon so but we've always said 
you know, this is a career for Chase. You know, obviously we don't want to lose him for the season, but if I had to, to make sure that he's 110%, I would do that. And I would hope that he would do it to himself as well. Yeah. And I, I hope that the new head trainer, I can't remember the guy's name, but I hope that they treat him with kid gloves mm-hmm. and Instagram videos, Twitter videos, all that stuff be damned. You know, you never trust a player on how he's feeling because they're always going to tell you they're okay. Everyone remembers what happened to RG3, that playoff game. He gave never should have gone back out there. Nope, he gave the thumbs up. And and they said, oh, he gave the thumbs up, so he must be good. Wrong. Yeah, it's, you know, he is supposed to be, you know, your franchise long-term player. He's coming off this injury. You know, Coach did say during his interview, how does Chase on the shelf impact Montez? And Coach's answer was, it shouldn't impact him at all. They need Montez to play to his abilities. Mm -hmm. But they need other guys on the other side to step up, like Casey Tuhill. Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, Shaka Tony, BK. Needs those guys to step up. And those that don't remember, Chase had one and a half sacks through, I think it was nine games. I don't remember exactly. One and a half sacks. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't lighting the world on fire when he was out there. But the other guys played within the system and had a lot more than chase did in less games. Yeah. That that's why they tell you play your technique, not your individual self because technique will win unless you're just a beast. That's what I'm hoping. You know, the Arizona Cardinals came out with, you know, the terms for Kyler Murray's contract saying they want him to watch game film for four hours a week. Ridiculous that you have to tell your starting quarterback you're paying all that money to that you have to actually watch game film. But part of me kind of wishes that they would, you know, quiz chase on the defensive scheme and not freelancing and ad-libbing and doing what he wants to, because he was not playing within the system. You saw what happened Mm -hmm. from Casey and James Smith when they got in there and they played within the system. Yeah, they they basically rushed inside out, whereas Chase was rushing outside in. And when he would do that, it would create that hole. And the quarterback, all he had to do was just squirt right up through the tackle and in position and gain 15 freaking yards. That used to tick me the hell off, man. I mean, that stutter step move where you're taking away your power, just things like that. It's It's frustrating. I am nowhere near the athlete chases. My back is killing me right now sitting in this chair. I just want him to do as the coaches are asking him to do. When Rivera first came here, they said, if you do things on your own, and I'm paraphrasing here, then that's on you and it's your fault. But if you do things within our system and we're still getting it wrong, then that's on the coaching. And Mm -hmm. they showed an example that within the coaching system last year, Players that actually performed within it succeeded. And I am hoping he gets that lesson. I am hoping that hanging out with Von Miller out in Denver, he's realizing that he can't just rely on his God-given talent because lining up against people when you're in Ohio State and you can dominate, you know, three quarters of the people that you're going against every week is completely different in the NFL where everyone there is a paid professional. Everyone's a pro bowler for the most part or an all American or whatever you want to call it. 
I mean, you're just not going to be able to wing it. And as far as Kyler's concerned, you would think that, no, you shouldn't have to do that. But obviously they, they saw something, heard something to make them put that clause in there. And if I'm paying you 200 and some odd million dollars, hey, I'm going to do what I got to do to protect my investment. Now, we know that uh, it kind of sounds like Vic a little bit because Vic would say, no, nah, man, I didn't read no freaking playbook. I just went out there and did what I had to do. I just uh, my God given ability allowed me to do that. But then he also came back and said he wished that he had been in the playbook because he probably could have won more games with his ability that he had as well as studying. So um, let's face it, man, we're in a new generation and this is the video game age. And guys, what do they want to do? I'm not in it, but what do they want to do? They, they want to get home. And in, back in our day, you get home and maybe have a cocktail. Well, now guys come home and they want to play video games. So that's where we are right now. So he's got to make sure that he gets his nose in the books. He really does. And it's frustrating because I remember when, uh, what was it? Kirk Cousins, they converted a closet into his office out at back then Redskins Park because mm -hmm. Kirk stayed there and he wanted to study and learn everything and watch film. Mm -hmm. I used to do a radio show out of the NFLPA with Trey Johnson. You know, that's why I was able to hit up Trey and ask him to do our opening for us. And Trey told me a story during that show years ago that he was a baller coming out of Temple. He didn't need to really watch film and pay attention to the guys lining up across from him because he could physically manhandle anybody he came up against. When he got injured for the first time, he realized that he needed to make things easier on him because it impacted his recovery coming back. And he had to look for tendencies in the linemen and in the linebackers he was going up against. And that's what I'm hoping resonates with some of these younger players that are bouncing back. And some of these players, you know, like a Jahan that maybe he'll learn from Terry on what to do as a pro versus stuff that you didn't do in college. And Brian Mitchell was talking about it today, a 167 a fan of college, you're not getting paid. It's not your job to do that, unless you know your NIL and all that other stuff now. This is the pros, this is your job, this is your day to day. It doesn't just stop. A lot of us take a work home from us, especially now that we're working from home. So once five o'clock hits, we still have stuff to do. It's the same thing for a player. They give you iPads where you can watch film and look at stuff and do things. And I just hope that that's something he's going to do because you hear about mental reps from guys that aren't on the field and mental reps are important because there's only so many snaps that they get during practice. Right. And you've always got to be ready. Doc Walker, next man up. I'm hoping even though that Chase isn't going to be out there, he's going to get those mental reps. Yeah, I, I hear that. But when it comes to, to defense, defense is about physical reps. So I don't know how far realistically mental reps can go. I mean, because you can only rip in your mind so much where you've got to actually get out there and, and rip. And I'm not saying, Chase, do it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, you got to physically do it. It's like when I took my first typing class, you know, you can talk about typing all you want to, but you've got to 
pluck, pluck those keys, brother. You, you got to do it in order to be able to look, not be able to look at it. No look type. And so you got to do it, man. So mental reps, eh, I hear you. But on the defense, you got to be able to put some hands on some people, man. Oh, I agree. You got to hit people. You got to have those pads clicking. I feel that that's not really happening a ton in today's camp. And those that are going to see this after the fact, the NFL is actually mandating special helmets during mm-hmm. camp for special positions. And we'll put that on our YouTube channel for those of you that are going to watch this. But for to me, it's, it's situational awareness where they're simulating things. You see a running back come out in motion or you see a guard pulling or something happening there and him understanding what his responsibilities are in that type of alignment, in that type of situation, and that type of down and distance. Because it's that thinking that Mm -hmm. you want someone to react versus having to process. And that's why I was so upset with Jamin Davis not getting any reps during OTAs and minicamp because he's not getting those reps on the field. And he's only getting so much, you know, on the sidelines watching David Mayo and watching, you know, Cole Holcomb do it with his mullet flaming in the air out there. All right, big Cole. I'm telling you, James is going to be the X factor this year. Watch. <laughs> they, they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to show you what Jamin's about because they know what his skill sets are. And, and I believe they're going to finally put him into the position to be able to play his skill set. And I talked about that last, we talked about it last week. I, that's what I feel, Ted. All right. That's going to happen. So bro. speaking of that, Nikki Javala actually asked Ron Rivera about the linebacker situation and said, are you comfortable? Rivera said, he's going to see what we've got for the first week at linebacker before deciding whether outside reinforcements are needed. He said the Buffalo nickel situation could also influence that linebacker situation. Why are we waiting until the first week of camp to try and address something that he has been touting for several years now is something they need to fix. People don't like to admit that they're wrong, man. And I understand that, you know, you're the head coach, you're the, you're the director, you, you got all these titles, but you don't want to seem as though you're wrong. And I agree with you. I, the same way that they plucked the kid off the uh, USFL, I said that they should pick one of these linebackers one of the, the top tier linebackers and, 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 and roll with them because he, he, we've got plenty of tape on them. They played how many games? Eight games. I mean, oh, I, I saw I some, watch that. I, I did. And I think it was like eight games and I saw some pretty good talent out there to where I think that you could boost them up. So once again, man, that's just my little take. I, I'm not, I don't get paid millions of dollars to be a scout. Neither do you. We're fans, and we're going to do our best to root for who's on the squad, bro. But I agree with you, though. Why wait till now? Once again, it seems as though you guys are rushing when you had all this time. Why now? All right. You knew it was an issue. Terry's contract does not drastically affect salary cap this year. Yes, Carson Wentz is counting for $28 million against the cap, but you still had room to make a move. Now you're going to wait until after the first week in camp to try and address the situation. Interestingly enough, Landon Collins is still sitting out there. No one's touched him. So not saying he's going to come here, not saying we want him to come here, not saying 
that he is realistically an option because they asked him to take a pay cut and he didn't want to do it. And they're not going to pay him what he wants, but he either wants to play in the NFL or he doesn't. I am just frustrated that everyone knows that linebacker has been a problem. And now are we going to wait until training camp gets along and next thing you know, someone else gets cut from a different team? One man's trash is not always another man's treasure. Yeah. Well, we knew we had this problem when, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Mason, Mason Foster. When oh, he yeah. got cut. I mean, how many, how many seasons was that? Four, I think. Four seasons when we cut Mason. So we knew we had an issue way back then. Hell, London Fletcher. And we, and we just haven't truly addressed it. No, I mean, I remember when we had, I want to say it was LeVar, no. Marcus Washington, and Antonio Pierce. And those guys are our linebackers. And mm -hmm. I would kill to have half of that talent mm -hmm. back on the middle of the field for us right now. I feel that I'm not trying to knock Cole Holcomb. He is just, when I look at our roster, I try and compare it to the teams that were in the playoffs. Would any of our players be on the, you know, LA Rams? Would any of our players be on the Kansas City Chiefs? Would Andy Reid trade one of his starting 22 versus one of our starting 22? And if the answer is no, then we are deficient. And I don't think anybody would take our linebackers and put them on their roster. That was a playoff team last year. And that's where I have a problem as a fan because it is a huge deficiency. You're shooting yourself in the foot at the starting gates. So I, I hear what you're saying, uh, but what do you do? I mean, this is what we got to work with. It is. And, you know, we'll see as camp goes along what is going to happen out there. Media is going to be out there tomorrow tweeting and posting stuff. It's, it's day one, and you're not going to see a ton. I just want to see progress from Jamin, first-round pick. I just need to see improvement. I'm not asking him to be a pro bowler this year. I'm just asking for him to get reps and to actually get some time out there. But from the press conference, a couple of other questions – Rivera said he anticipates the offensive playbook to be more broad and opened up with Carson Wentz able to do more verticality at quarterback. He feels like that with every team says every season, but hopefully it comes true here. So I, I hope that's right. I mean, it's going to be pretty difficult to not get more vertical than what we had last year with Heineke. You know, he can't really throw it out that far down. His arm just doesn't have the strength to do it. And everyone talks about Carson and his arm. I mean, Coach Zampezi compared his arm to Brett Favre. B. Mitch told me that's a little bit of a stretch, and he's played with Brett Favre against Brett Favre, so he would know. But I am excited to see more of this offense. I'm excited that Curtis Samuel isn't, you know, knocking on wood, that Curtis isn't starting camp on the pup list. For those that don't remember, he only participated in three out of six days of OTAs and minicamp out of an abundance of caution. They didn't want him to touch a field that had dew on it. <laughs> Give me a break. You got cleats, but whatever. But I am excited to see what this actual offense can do. I can't wait myself. And here, here's the thing. I'm impressed the fact that coach broke out a five-syllable word. 
verticality. I mean, come on, man. If, if that's how our offense is going to be with five syllable words, then I'm all for it. Let's get it done, man. I, let me tell you, we've been one of the main reasons why we didn't win games is because we didn't put points on the board. We know that Carson has the ability to put points on the board. We finally see that we have things around Terry who can help put points on the board. And if all it takes is the fact that we've got a guy who can throw the ball further down the field to open things up, then let's get it, man. Let's get it. And that's, that's all I want. Bring some excitement back. And I think we finally got it. We'll see tomorrow what is going to happen, which let me tell you, thank you football gods for allowing myself and Ted to be able to go to camp tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, second that. Thank you for helping out with all that. But are you thinking it's for you personally, is it playoffs or bust for the commanders? Not playoffs or bust. No, it's not, not, not yet. Um, before, you know, this is Rivera's year three and they say show improvement. So last year we won one more game than I think we did before to make the playoffs. Right. I think we won. I think we, I think our, our schedule, our, our record was we won one more game. So it, it wasn't pretty, but it's always been just show improvement. So it's how they play that makes the difference for me. If we get the type of play that happened in Dallas, then no, that's a, that's a no-go. But if you come down to the wire and you've been fighting the way that, that we know that players are supposed to play, that makes a difference. We all want to see W's in the, in the win column, no doubt about it. But I think that how they play the game is going to make a huge difference. I want to see them in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I want to see them in the playoffs. But how they play the game is what I need to see. And I'm right there with you. And we had an extra game this past season than we did in 2020 when we won the MC East. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's, let's, I told you in a previous episode that I'm not wearing that shirt. I'm not hanging that flag. We won the NFC East with a losing record. I'm sorry. It's garbage. It's the Wizards being attendance champions of the NBA. You know, that means nothing to me. You know, I, I just, I don't care. But during <laughs> Coach's press conference, Scott, I want to say it was, uh, regardless, one of the reporters asked, is it playoffs or bust for him? And Rivera didn't even let him finish the question. And I'll put this on the YouTube page so you can actually see it. But Rivera said, no, it's not. It's fair to say we expect to win. And Rivera said all along, he's got a three-year plan. Mm -hmm. A three-year plan has been touting this three-year plan ever since day one. And it's year three. And he's compared this team or his tenure here to his tenure in Carolina. And I think his third year in Carolina, they drafted Cam Newton. And then they ended up going to the playoffs that year. Well, For me, it's not playoffs or bust, but I need to see significant improvements and I need to see wins at a dominating level. We won the East versus garbage competition Mm -hmm. versus scrub second string quarterbacks that were just straight trash. We would have lost that Bengals game if Joe Burrow doesn't tear his ACL. We would have lost how many games that year if we would have actually played starting quarterbacks 
that year. Ben DiNucci. Those that watched the Eagles last year know that they played nobody when they got those W's and they won the East. For me, I need to see this team take several leaps forward, not just win more than seven games. It's how you win those games. So I can tell that Rivera's talking about experience. He's expecting more experience out of these guys. He's expecting more out of his team. And as a fan and as a fan base, I feel that we should be expecting more out of this fan base from this coaching staff now that this is truly the first year without COVID restrictions in place. And any excuses that they had prior to not being able to put systems in or not having the proper quarterback because Alex Smith was a shell of his former self or you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 50 years old or Taylor Heineke can't throw past the 20-yard line, you know, whatever it may be. I want to see real growth. That's what I'm hoping for. Hello. Okay. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. So we'll see what happens. But I am hoping that we get there. And we'll come up with our season predictions, you know, closer towards the season. I'm not predicting playoffs for these guys. At least I wasn't when the schedule came out. I was thinking we – weren't going to make it based upon pre-draft grades and things like that. Eh, things might change, but I want to figure that out once we get through a little bit of training camp and you and I actually get to see the guys in person and we get to hear what the media is saying about what they're seeing in person. Well, it looks for me that um, I will only be able to attend one practice and then the rest will be preseason games. So I'll be able to let you know a little later on. So maybe preseason we can bring this topic back up because I won't be able to see anything, unfortunately, just how my work schedule is and this whole lottery aspect of things. Yeah, there was actually an article for the Washington Times that just came out. Matt Paris wrote it. And there's a, a bunch of fans' reactions in regards to being frustrated with the lottery system. I don't want to rehash that. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. still think they screwed up, but it compares us to all the other teams out there. And you get a true reaction as to what the rest of the NFL is doing. And I think it was the Texans that did a lottery system and completely did away with that the following year, realizing it just wasn't fair. And most fans, most teams do a first come first serve basis. Ted, I, listening to coach Rivera today, he said a mouthful and he said that you can only take so much. You've got to start giving to, to, the, to the people, giving back to the community. He wants to give back into the community. That's what he said. Uh, I, I forgot in the interview who, who he was talking to. Oh, it was Dicka. He said, Dicka said, you got to get into the community. You got to get back to the community. Well, coach, I think that you are learning that this year you may have dropped the ball with training camp. So you want to give back. This is a way that you give back and you switch things up. So uh, give back to us and give us a true training camp so that your fans can watch. And like you said, we're not going to beat a dead dog, but it's something that still needs to be said. And I said it. And I'm right there with you. And I know I'm going to get some hate from the team because I think, 
one of the quotes I have inside the article is the team thinks we're, I can't remember exactly what it was. Basically the team doesn't give us enough credit as fans and they treat us as if we're dumb. And I truly feel that sometimes with the way some of these things come out half-ass like the fight song options we have with no actual tracking behind it. And I'm not trying to pile on and beat them up. It just frustrates me. But Logan Thomas and not Logan Thomas, sorry, Logan Paulson and Craig Hoffman, we've played a couple of the clips on our show before. I actually submitted questions to their mailbag. And I asked one in particular, let me play that for you real quick. Training camp has moved back to Ashburn this year. And yeah. a lot of fans are upset because they went to training camp in Richmond and really enjoyed the open practices. And while there is the open practice in Ash or sorry, at FedEx field, it's not the same as getting to go to a real true training camp practice. Now, of course, that is just one element of having training camp at a remote. So uh, Ted asked, does Logan think going away to training camp is overrated or was building that rapport with your teammates important? And so I, I'm going to add on to that question and, and kind of say like there's a fan experience and then there's the team experience right coaches yeah. around the league are doing more training camps at their home facilities the nfl just put out a stat yesterday i think it's 81 percent of, of teams are staying at home and that of course means less fan attendance because they're designed as practice facilities not as open training camp facilities so what's the experience of going away for training camp from purely the team side of it if you were a coach or your experience as a player and we can tackle the fan thing in a second yeah, so let's let's start with my time in Richmond because everyone seems to probably have uh, the most familiarity with that. And what I'll say about Richmond, Richmond is it was a great city. It was a great time, uh, you know, great hotel down there at the Omni. There's a lot of cool restaurants and stuff around the hotel, which is always great to go to. But I, it is it is stressful. Training camp by in and of itself is stressful. You're away from your family for a long stretch. You're kind of starting the season where you kind of go into this long work week you know, 60, 80 hour work week type situation. And, um, and it's less than ideal in terms of getting to the practice field because everything you do as a football team, most of it, you need a football field for, you can do some walkthroughs in the hotel, but let's just take, you know, our time at Richmond, for example, you'd get up in the morning, you do breakfast in the hotel, which again, it's a catered meal, it's good food, but it's, it's kind of, it's got a repetitive nature to it, which kind of adds to the mental fatigue of training camp. Then you, go to meetings in the kind of the, these meeting rooms that aren't your meeting rooms. They're not your homes. They're not your seats, right? They're used to sitting in a little different Then you have to get in a bus and you drive over to the facility, you do your walkthrough, then you have to get in that same bus and drive back. And it took about 15 minutes to and from. So 30 minutes of your day just in the morning was accounted for in a bus. And then the same thing happens for your afternoon practice, 30, you know, 30, again, 30 aggregate minutes. So in training camp, one of the biggest things that I had to focus on was recovery, right? So that's an hour of nap time that I would miss because I'm in a bus, right? And it's not like these buses are air conditioned and you're bouncing around and you got to kind of review your stuff from the day. Some guys got ice on them and it's just, it's just a less than ideal situation ferrying to and from the hotel. I think it adds a level of mental stress. I mean, one of the things that stuck out to me was just on my off day, it wasn't an off day because it's not like I was going to drive three hours and go see my family then drive right back that same night. I would do that if I was really kind of feeling homesick or burned out or whatever, but it right. just, it made it tough for the guys to do that. It's the same thing. And it does it force you to kind of work in and integrate with your teammates 
Yes, but you get the same thing when you're at Ashburn. Because I did both. My rookie year was at Ashburn with Mike, and I think it was like my second or third year we went down to Richmond. And same thing with Atlanta. They, they kind of do an in-house training camp, but it's everyone lives around the facility. It's not like, it's at the practice facility. They have housing at their facility for training camp specifically. And so um, obviously, like, that's easy. You just pop in, you sleep in your dorm. When training camp's done, it's like you just your your house is right down the street. So it wasn't like this big, really far away thing. And I understand the benefit of it, and I understand why people like it. But me as a player, I always prefer being a little closer to home. You know, in Ashburn, you stay in a hotel, but on my off day, it becomes an actual off day. I can go home, sleep in my bed, see my family, see my wife and kids, and come back. And it's a little bit more. It's easier to decompress from that. So hearing Logan talk about. I guess the difference between doing both options, that the building the rapport thing didn't really matter as much, that it was still happening, but the rest time that he missed out on in Richmond, the time to go back on his office. I remember seeing Fred Sleepy Davis at a club one night in DC when they were supposed to be in Richmond at camp. And he was actually at a table beside us at my boys club because they had an off day. And I didn't realize I had an off day at that point, but he drove back up to DC and then went back down to Richmond. I'm calling him Sleepy Davis. For those who don't remember, he slept through his alarm and missed, I think it was practice or something one time. And, you know, it's kind of, oh yeah. Killed, you know, <laughs> we're always talking about practice here until <laughs> season starts. But hearing Logan talk about that, I don't feel as bad now from a player's perspective that they're missing out on a ton. I feel that it's going to be easier on them to rehab, to get film sessions in and things like that. Yes, it sucks from a fan's perspective, but if this means that Jahan and Curtis and other guys on the team are going to get a chance to study more, learn more, get more rest time, then fine. So be it. They're not going away. That's okay. Maybe when Commanderville gets built, or Snyderopolis is built, wherever the hell that's going to be. They can have hotels next to the facility, then great. But until then, it's fine. Wait, 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 wait. Commanderopolis? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, whatever right. they want to call it. I, I hear you. I hear you. So check this out. How far do you think the average player lives from the bubble? I'd, say, I'd say 30 minutes at the most. So what he said, as far as going from camp to the hotel, you just alleviated that. that I, but sleeping in your own bed, I get you. But it's the same half hour, bro. You're in the bus versus you driving. You know, I almost think that being in Richmond is a more controlled environment. That's what I think. But once again, I'm not a player. I'm just a fan who likes what he likes. And so don't give me the half hour you're missing out because you would miss that same half an hour driving from the bubble to your place or 15 minutes or whatever it is, because no one lives five minutes from the place. I don't believe maybe they do, but I don't think so. so well, I think it's all data centers right next to the facility. I don't know if anyone's yeah. living in the hot data center, but that's all they got out there. You right. know, they're usually out a little farther out towards Loudoun. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't remember the name of some of the places out there. I think the junkies told a story that Carson Wentz bought a house 
and then bought another house because fans were showing up at his right. house asking for pictures because yeah. the address came out and it wasn't a gated community. And he decided to move and buy a second house after the fact. So, I mean, do you, do you blame him? Nice. Do you blame him? <laughs> I have had people show up to my house and take pictures of my van outside, which frustrates me and drives me a little crazy, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, why don't you just go ahead and put the address up so people can stop on by, man? <laughs> oh, that ain't happening. That, that, you know, if you know where it is, fine. I'm not going to be okay with it. But, <laughs> the back you know, cave. <laughs> it is, right. you know, it's, it's upsetting to hear that the bus wasn't air conditioned. You know, exactly. why don't they have you know, <laughs> why don't they have better buses that can have these players go back and forth? I mean, come on now. It's <laughs> is this is a is this like an old yellow school bus that they're using? Because I'm assuming that's what it is. Bluebird, huh? <laughs> I, Bluebird. I know it's not the buses that you take to your rallies and to away games. You give those people air conditioning. Oh heck yeah. So Wi-Fi yeah, SB events does it right. Yeah. Speaking of Team which, needs to hire you. Speaking of which, we've got space available for the Philadelphia game, and, and it's a primetime game, you know. So do yourself a favor, roll with SB events up to Philly. We sit between rows two and twelve. I mean, come on, it's a good, it's a good experience. Shameless plug there. It sounds like fun to me, man. I actually got asked to do a charity tailgate in Philly. To drive up there and bring my van? No, I'm not going up there with that thing. It's going to get vandalized. So I used to always go to Eagles games for 14 years mm-hmm. until I met my wife. And she heard how bad it was up there and wasn't a fan of me going. And Chief Z famously got thrown in a dumpster up there yeah. and, you know, was beat up. Yeah, and I never had a problem, but I used to always sit with Clinton Portis's family, Mama Portis. Mm-hmm. We had security from time to time. And I would always drive and park at the no drinking, no tailgating parking lot. So I felt better, but my license plate said Virginia. If you're going to go to the Eagles game, do not go and drive your car to that stadium. Hop on that bus with Rally. He's got different spots where they can pick you up. I think Arundel Mills is one of them in different places. I don't want to speak for you, but. The Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You can easily get a ride, keep your car someplace safe where it's not going to get vandalized by a bunch of Eagles hoodlums and have a good time. It'll be fun. And we travel as a group. And, <laughs> and th- there are Eagles fans amongst us. I mean, that's just how it is. I, the trips just aren't for Commanders fans. They're, they're for NFL fans. And so uh, why wouldn't an Eagle fan want to go to his home stadium and see a game? So yeah. Tell him to move to Philly. Leave here. I don't need him. But <laughs> clip two, Logan starts going into a couple other things that didn't really work. The fan thing, like I used to love seeing the fans in there. It added a little bit of spice to practice, a little bit of energy, which I always enjoyed, a little variety, you know, interact with them, sign some autographs, say what's up. And that's always nice. But to me, like that brief interaction with the fans, it just wasn't worth like the 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 labor of of you know, busing here, busing there the security around the hotel, like it just, it's a lot going on down there uh, for the players. And um, it just, it wasn't worth it for, for me. And this is Logan talking for Logan. So, you know, I want to have other players on to try and understand if they enjoyed it and what it was. And, you know, maybe we're fans of a bygone era because a majority of the NFL is not doing camp away anymore. 
They're doing everything at the facility. And during their show, they talked about how they would have to pack up the entire weight room for the most part and bring it down to Ashburn or out down to Richmond because they just don't have that stuff there. So I get it. And it's easier for players. So if it's going to help us win one extra game, then fine. But the team needs to find a better way to accommodate their fans wherever they host it locally. If we're not going someplace, that's all I'm asking for. And that's all I'm hoping they do next year. You said just one game, bro. (laughs) Just one game. (laughs) Come on now. Now, I, I will say this. Okay, so being a fan and being in the hot sun where I didn't have people smashing up against me and then you, your, your practice is over, now you've got a barrage of fans wanting autographs, selfies. I get it. I, I, I understand. Trust me, I, I really do, and, and that can be harsh. But you're going to get the same thing in Ashburn maybe on a smaller scale, but when you think about it, let's say in, in Richmond, you were going to autograph 50 uh, jerseys. You're pretty much going to autograph 50 jerseys in Ashburn as well. So it's, it's, it's smaller, but those guys pretty much, a lot of them pick and choose, you know, who they wanted to take a picture with or who they wanted to, to spend time with to do whatever have after practice. So it's it's a smaller scale, but I think your time is still around the same. So nevertheless, it is what it is. This is 2022 going into the 22-23 season. I can't wait. And all this other stuff doesn't matter. Let's get back to playing some smash mouth football. And I'm right there with you. And they're actually, it could be worse because three NFL teams, according to Matt Paris, who did the research on this, have training camps with no fans or very few. The Jaguars, the Raiders, and the Eagles. And the Eagles, they only hold an event for fans to watch one practice at the link. The Raiders only invite select personal seat license holders. So Hmm. we're not the worst, but my response is, None of those teams are going through a rebrand. They have been the Raiders forever. They have been the Eagles forever. They're not going through a massive change like we're going through. And just moving past this, we've talked about it ad nauseum. That's just what a frustration is. But some good news is we all knew that Terry went out to California to go see Carson. It actually came out. So Eastern Motors does a commercial, those in the DMV area, they're hilarious commercials, pretty cheesy, but it's still fun to see some of our players dressed up in those Eastern Motors, burgundy and gold jerseys, you know, dancing and crazy dumb lines. Well, they also make the players available for kind of like a mini press conference. So it was McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Antonio Gibson. Mm -hmm. Curtis was dancing. So that's why I felt like he wasn't going to be on pop because some of those dance moves were kind of intricate. And he was shaking and jiving a little bit. So I feel like he was going to be okay for tomorrow. But during that, Terry talked about his time in California. And he actually said, I'm really glad I was able to go out there and spend that time with Carson. See here. He and I even got to have an hour lunch and we got to talk about our families, our faith, and how our careers have been up to this point and what we want going forward for ourselves 
and our team. Me personally, I've always given somebody the opportunity to show who they are to you in person, because a lot of things in this league through social media and things like that can get misconstrued. But when you talk to somebody and you see who they are for yourself, I think that's what goes a long way for me. And that goes a long way for the guys in our locker room. McLaurin added, he's a really good person. He cares about his job and the people he's around. So famously, everyone has heard the stories about how Carson is a bad teammate. And we've talked about it before. Yeah. All of this rah-rah is nice. Let me know how it goes when we're losing a game or when we've had a losing streak. And I want to see how all this is still rapport-wise with everybody once the team faces adversity. I'm happy to hear it. And what made me feel good is when Terry got his money and he flew out to practice with those guys, even though it was in shorts and T-shirts. The fact of the matter is it makes a difference seeing how that ball comes from his hand versus Heineke's hand or Fitzpatrick's hand. This is your quarterback for 22 and possibly beyond, depending on how he plays. So you need to see and feel what it's like to catch a ball from him. So I'm happy about that. And that's one of the things that I'm going to be happy to see tomorrow. I, I want to see it in full pads. I can't stress that enough, man. Tomorrow is the day. And if you guys aren't excited about this the way that I am, I, you better check your pulse because this is where it's at starting tomorrow. I can't wait, man. And oh, I don't think they're going to be in full pads tomorrow. I, I doubt that just considering it's day one. They typically don't start hitting full pads until a week into camp or so, because you got to get the body used to that contact. again. So I doubt that we're going to see that, but will they be in t-shirts and panties? Like B Mitch likes to say, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will be running around, maybe some shells. Shoulder it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe shoulder pads. We'll see. But since it's day one, I'm not sure if we're going to get that, but Nikki Javala from the Washington Post actually asked Terry if he can generally tell early on the process if he'll have a good connection with the quarterback since he's had eight of them in his career so far. Still crazy that he's only been here for a couple of years and he's had eight quarterbacks. Three years. Terry replied and said, I think you definitely get a feel for that early on. I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to with Carson specifically is getting in these game-like situations getting in these third and 12 or got to have it situations. That's where you really get a feel for the quarterback's mindset and his thought process. And he gets to feel where I am as a receiver. That's where you really form those connections because throwing on air is great. And I think that's a great chance to just form that chemistry to get, to get used to throwing and catching the ball. But when you get in these football like situations, that's what you're going to see come September. So I think we just want to try to put ourselves in the best situation to be successful and make it as game-like as possible. I'm a very big communicator, and I think he is as well. So I think that really helps clear up some because football is not always perfect. But I think if we can be on the same page communication-wise and then go out there and get those reps in practice, I think that's when that chemistry starts to form. So we talked earlier, Chase, situational football. For Terry, it appears that that's the same thing that he's looking for with his quarterback throwing to him. What's he looking at when the defense is lined up in a man 
or a zone or a cover two or a cover three based upon his route. If it's a choice route, does Carson know which route Terry's going to run on that choice, depending on where the linebacker is sitting or where safety might drop down? It's those things that they're going to get a chance to work on in practice. California is amazing that they all mm-hmm. got a chance to go out there because they got a chance to eat dinner together and hang out and build that bond that they're not building sitting on an air conditionless bus in Richmond. But now they're going to get a chance to actually truly talk situational football that they haven't had a chance to do because Terry missed OTAs and minicamp. And not only that, you're actually going to have a defense out there. So Terry and Carson might be able to have those little hand signals that we see so many great combinations do like Aaron Rodgers. You see, you see him, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll do certain things with his hands and lets his receivers know, no, don't run that play, run this play, because this is as a quarterback, what I see where you should be open. So man, I'm just excited, Ted. I, I really am. Oh. I, I, can't, I, I can't say it enough, man. We, we finally have football. We can stop talking about Madden ratings and all that garbage that matters nothing once it comes down to it. It's X's and O's, it's wins and losses. And I'm really looking forward to covering this team with you down the road. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Jahan can do to compliment Terry because he finally has, you know, knock on wood, a real number one threat lining opposite of him. Yeah. And I think Pete Haley put out on Twitter, there's been some comparing of Jahan Dotson to Terry McLaurin. And he asked McLaurin during that Eastern commercial what he thought about those comps. He thought they were fair and went on to say, this is Terry. His demeanor is one of the first things that stuck out to me when we got to working out and I got to meet him in person. He's a guy who you can really tell is serious about his business. He has a professional-like approach. He's going to ask questions. I could really tell right away when he has running routes or I was trying to help him with some things, I think he already has a good feel on how to run routes, how to run out of his route if it's man, how to slow down if it's zone. Not every rookie receiver has that background. Obviously, his hands really stuck out to me. He was making some catches that were like, that's pretty dang good for a rookie. I was just trying to encourage him to let him know that I'm here for whatever he needs professionally, what he needs personally. He's here with us for a reason. I'm excited to see what he can bring to our offense. I mean, you probably can't tell, but goosebumps, man. Yeah. People were knocking Terry for not reaching out to Jahan during his contract negotiation. Throw all that out. They are going to build this team, and I've got no doubt that we are going to finally be in for an offensive treat because we got someone that can throw a football, and we got a couple of guys that can actually complement each other and catch it. And I'm not counting Curtis Samuel on that. Mm-mm. No, not gonna do it just yet. He's gotta, he's gotta prove himself. I mean, yes, he's a proven talent elsewhere, but he needs to prove it with us, Commanders fans. He definitely does, and I'm hoping. All I really care from Curtis is he makes it through camp healthy. He makes it to week one healthy. Put him in a bumble, a bubble, a hyperbolic chamber. I don't care just something so we can actually get him to week one. But thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Mess Hall. We're going to be tweeting from camp. I'm going to be out there actually a couple of times. A couple other people reached out and offered me a pass. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Follow me (laughs) at Tailgate Ted on Twitter. 
You can follow Rally Captain at Rally Captain. Hit us up. Let us know how you think camp is going to be and what you're looking forward to. But with that said, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Mess Hall. Hey, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. And, and in closing, rep it hard. But don't rep it at all. Just rally cap and tit, and we'll be out.